I want you to notice verse 34, this text. You'll see our Lord Jesus in the midst of this familiar prophecy, sort of a prophecy, obviously, about the last days. He reminds his disciples of a universal and ageless danger amidst day-to-day life. Verse 44, he says, Take heed, that's a warning, of course. Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged. In other words, the human heart in the spiritual sense is just as vulnerable, just as assailable as it is in the physical sense. That's why he says, take heed, be careful, take heed to yourselves, so that it's a warning and it's a charge. And it's interesting because the word overcharged in that verse there isn't used anywhere else in all of the Bible. Now the narrative is, as we all know, this entire chapter on future events is found in Matthew 24, Mark chapter 13, but neither of those record the word overcharged in their accounts. Instead, our Lord used, the Holy Spirit used, the beloved physician, Dr. Luke, as he often did to include physiological and medical terms under divine inspiration. So that both in the Gospel of Luke and in the book of Acts, you'll find this wonderful evidence of of his interest in physiology. For example, it's only, only in the Gospel of Luke that you will find the proverb, physician, heal thyself. Only Luke said that the demon departed, quote, without injuring the man, and that the leper was covered with a disease, and that the right hand of the man was withered, and that the afflicted boy was an only child, that Malchus's right ear, he's the only one who says that it was his right ear that was severed, and using the word for Mary, the word virgin, he's the only one that used the medical term. And so it goes where God uses Luke's medical background to write this gospel, and as I said, the book of Acts, including this intriguing little reference here to the heart, to the heart being, quote, overcharged. Three years ago, on Monday, three weeks ago on Monday Night Football, the Buffalo Bills, their defensive back, as most of you here know, Lamar Hamlin tackled T. Higgins of the Cincinnati Bengals, and after taking him to the ground, he stood on his feet, and then he collapsed backward from cardiac arrest. Within seconds, medical staff was all around him and they immediately started um, administering CPR and then the defib, the AED, to shock his heart into a normal rhythm. And of course, ever since that time, there have been all kinds of speculations about what could have caused a young athlete to have heart failure. Was it commotio cordis, this is a sort of a concussion of the heart, or vaccines leading to arrhythmia, or an aneurysm, and so it goes. But once again, it's just a reminder that the human heart as an organ is made of soft tissue and muscle, that all is vulnerable. For our text tonight, the heart in question is spiritual, but it's also vulnerable. The Greek word for overcharged is the word bereo, from which we get the word burden. The Greek word for heart is cardio. And so what the Lord Jesus is warning against here was a burdened, a heavy heart, or more precisely, an overly heavy heart. See, everyone has a heavy heart. That's normal. It's part of life. Everyone knows what it's like to be charged and to be burdened. But what Jesus is warning against is letting your heart become overcharged, allowing the world to overburden your heart. 
It's a theme that our Lord Jesus discusses in Matthew chapter 7 as well as Mark chapter 6. It's one that Paul exposits very thoroughly in Philippians and Colossians. The wonderful thing, I think, about this particular text is that not only does the Lord tell us not to have a heavy heart, he also reminds us, beloved, what it is that makes the heart heavy and overcharged in the first place. As he says, too heavy. Overcharge. Which is why he uses the word with. Look at it again. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with. Okay? With what? Well, he mentions three things. The first one I want you to notice, number one, is people. Look at it again. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting. It was funny, while Brother Kevin was leading the words, it got real quiet in here when it came to that word. I don't know. It's surfeiting, okay? It's not getting fitted for a surfboard, Brother Ned. He, Ned goes like this. It's another word. It's an old, old English word that simply means pulled. It means drained. And yes, by the way, the Greek word for pulled here, just like the English word surfeiting, isn't found anywhere else in all of the Word of God, the New Testament. And what is it? What is it that Jesus is warning that pulls your heart? What is it that dissipates, if you will, or burdens, overburdens your heart? Well, I can tell you right now, people can. How many times in the Gospels. You know, folks, we have the Bible for a reason, to read and hear and heed. How many times in the Gospels does the faithlessness and the apathy of the people cause our Lord to sigh deeply, to groan, it says sometimes, to groan deep in his spirit? Mark 8 and verse 12 says, And Jesus sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why doth this generation seek after a sign? Deeply? I wonder, has anyone ever made you to sigh deeply? Because I can assure you, you've made other people's sigh deeply. Many. Mark 3 verse 5, And Jesus looked round about on them with anger, being grieved grieved. People grieved him, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts. You know what Jesus had, our Lord? A heavy heart. Do you know what added to that? People. Now, folks, look, Christ loves people. God loves people. You love people. I love people. I think I love everybody. But the whole point of our Lord using this word surfeiting And the entire admonition, in fact, if you read through this text, and I want you to, is in the words, too much. It's not being pulled. It's being pulled too much. It's not carrying a burden. We all carry burdens. It's carrying too many burdens. As a matter of fact, you know, too much, and this is another theme in the Bible, too much of anything will overburden your heart. Too much of one hobby. Too much of one job. Too much of one passion. Too much of one personal cause. People get on a health food crusade. And it becomes their entire, entire life from the time they wake up till they go to bed. And then they die from drinking too much wild alfalfa juice. And their body is lime green in the casket. You know what that is? That's surfeiting. Too much leisure. 
It could be too much going to the gym. Clearly is my problem, as you can look up here right now. I need to tone it down. But folks, it's true. And here's what our Lord told the apostles. He warned them. It's a warning. Take heed is a warning for us. Don't, he says, take heed that too much of anything will cause you to be, your heart to be spiritually drained. Your hearts will become, here's his word, overcharged. So how about this? Too much time on the computer because you just have to know what the news says. Too much time on the television. Too much at the job. Too much with that hobby. Too much on your little crusade. Too much equals an obsession. There is nothing, literally nothing, in this life that is worth your being obsessed over. Not in this life. You know, all you really have to do is look at the life of Christ. And just ask yourself, where did Jesus ever go overboard? Tell me in what one area the Lord Jesus was completely out of balance, overly obsessed, and with what label, therefore, would you identify him? There's not one. Verse 26 It says, men's hearts failing them for fear. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. This whole chapter, and you know, Matthew 24 is all talking about the judgments that are going to come on this earth. And people's hearts will will overcome them because of fear. They'll fail because they're thinking about all of this. In other words, it's not the judgment itself, Jesus is saying, that will take some people out. It is the fear that's associated with that judgment. In verse 34, you'll notice, it's not the calamity of all he's talking about before this that makes the heart fail, that it's overcharged. It's the response that the people will have or could have to that calamity. It's overburdening your own heart willfully and voluntarily. There's not an asteroid that has fallen to this earth or a tsunami or a pestilence including COVID that forces your heart, that forces you to be pulled in all directions. People will pull you. And if you're just not sure tonight how to prioritize that, or if you should, once again, I would say this. Look at the example of our Lord Jesus Christ. You will notice how on so many occasions the Bible says that he sent the people away. Why would a preacher do that? You have a multitude. He sent the people away. He came apart, the Bible says, into a desert place. He went alone into the mountain. That happens in this chapter. Look at verse 37. In the daytime, he was teaching in the temple, and at night he went out and abode in the mountain. He went alone sometimes. Verse 38 says the people came early in the morning to him. He knew that would happen. But the Lord Jesus did not allow the tyranny of the urgent to overburden his own heart. Now, folks, look, nobody has or ever will love people as faithfully and righteously and and perfectly or as sacrificially as our own Lord Jesus. And yet, in the midst of loving his neighbor as himself with perfection, he also loved the Father with all of his heart and soul and mind. Jesus fulfilled the law of of love. Make no mistake about it, but he did so without allowing people to overcharge his heart. A few pages back in chapter 12, you don't need to turn there, it says that Jesus was teaching, quote, an innumerable multiple of people insomuch 
that they trod one upon another. That's a big group. And the Scripture says he's teaching them, and so the Lord begins to talk about the Holy Spirit of God in verse 12. And then it says in verse 13, one of the company spake unto him and said to Jesus these words, Master, Rabbi, speak to my brother. Counsel him that he divide the inheritance with me. Jesus, I need you to make an appointment. Take some time. Convince my brother to give me some cash. I'm sure there was a lot of family drama going on with that business. And Jesus said what? He said, man, which in the word on the street Bible is bro. (laughs) Here's what Jesus, this is his answer. Who made me a divider, an arbiter over you? And he dismissed him. Our Lord did that. And then the Lord went right back immediately to teaching, refusing to be pulled. Take heed to yourselves, beloved, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged, pulled by people. By the way, in the New Testament, this almost entirely excludes your spouse and your kids. They're supposed to pull on you. That's the problem. Oh, my kids are pulling on me. Oh, my wife, my husband's pulling on me. They're just pulling and pulling. That's supposed to happen. Your problem is you've overburdened your heart with letting other people pull on you too much. Your wife is allowed to. I remember Red Button said, when he was a young man, he said he met. Finally, he found Miss Wright. Except after he got married, he found out her first name was always. Amen? So, (laughs) number one, a lesson about people. The second thing you'll notice, number two, is a lesson about parties or pleasure. Verse 34 again. And take heed to yourselves, Jesus said. Lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness. Now, I want you to ask, I want to ask you a question, and I want you to think about this for a minute. Do the apostles really need to be warned against the burdens of partying and alcohol? Was that an issue? Was James at risk? Well, it could become a thing. And since this is a warning for the future, meaning for us and our generation and from right now and the last days, as we know, it's going to become a thing, and Jesus knew it. So that all of Jesus' disciples, including everybody listening here and all of you listening at home, understand this is for you and me. Drunkenness is a universal problem that has a very broad application. And you know what it does? It burdens, it overburdens your heart. And Jesus is referring to excess, revelry, drugs, escapism, constantly seeking pleasure, whether by alcohol or any other substance. It's really the pursuit of partying that, by the way, does the exact opposite, as we mentioned, of its goal. It doesn't lighten, it doesn't ease the burdens, it doesn't bless your heart, it overburdens your heart. Solomon said, who hath woe, who hath sorrow, who hath contentions, will they that tarry long at the wine? Is a reminder of the world that lives only and always for Friday night and Saturday night. But you know, I've noticed because the world lives for Friday night and Saturday night, a lot of Christians have started to live only for Friday night and Saturday night. Drinking, grasping, partying, clubbing, 
Casino, dancing, movies, rides, games, amusements, activities. It just goes on. and They're just constantly grabbing. And when they can't do it, when it's not available because they're so used to doing it, they're like a 14-year-old girl who says, I'm so bored. What they're really becoming is heavy burdened and heavy hearted. So heavy hearted that when the trial comes, this is why Jesus gives the warning, their hearts fail. Verse 34. Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and with drunkenness and the cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unawares, for as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Well, Pastor, I don't do that. I don't go clubbing. Okay, I don't think Peter and John did as well. But here's the warning. Do you still weigh your heart down? Chasing after pleasure, activity, feverishly, constantly, one thing after another, lest maybe you be bored. I see people drag themselves into church on the Lord's Day. There's only one Lord's Day in the Bible, it's Sunday. And I see people drag themselves in hollow-eyed and ragged, heart-heavy, tired, distracted. Not necessarily from night of drinking, Run from a weekend and a night, late nights, just activities and running and chasing in pursuit of one excess after another, late every night, late, late in the night on Saturday nights, and they come dragging into church, and I see them, and I think to myself, that believer is not going to get a thing out of the fellowship of the saints or the preaching of the Word of God. Pastor, don't you believe in fellowship? Oh, yeah, I do. In fact, I believe there should be more fellowship but less self-ship. What is it that overburdens the heart, that overcharges the heart, that Jesus is warning against? Number one, it can be people. It can be. It may be for some of you now. Number two, it can be party. Number three, it's definitely problems. Verse 34 again, and take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness, and here it is, and, and cares of this life. Cares of this life. Can I say again that to me this is still astonishing. Jesus, if you know that the verses before this and what this whole chapter is about in Matthew 24, the, the parallel chapter, you know he's talking about the tribulation period and the last days and, and persecution and earthquakes and pestilences. And Jesus is not saying, hey, this pestilence is going to overtake you. He says the cares. It's the cares of life that will overcharge your heart and you will not be able to stand if you have persecution or trials. I'm reminded of what Jesus said in the parable of the sower. When he said the seed, the word of God, falls on thorny ground and the care of the world chokes it out and it becomes unfruitful. I see that happen week after week after week, year after year as a pastor. The cares of this life, the problems of this world, they're not unavoidable. In fact, they're inevitable. Cares are part of this fallen world. But our Lord Jesus, once again, is talking about excess. It is overcharging your heart. Can I remind you that Jesus taught that God sustains us, that His grace is, here's the word, sufficient 
for each and every day's troubles and cares that we have. Matthew 6.34, Jesus said, Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. That means this. That means that there's enough problems, there are enough cares for one day to fill up your life. And God's grace is sufficient. However, let me remind you of the rest of that text. Matthew 6.34 says, Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. What a great principle. Here's what he's saying, and I need some help. Aaron, run up here real quick. Stand on this side, Aaron. Right over here, buddy. Come on, way over here. There you go. Thank you. Love this guy. I want to pick a guy with strong, strong arms for this. All right, hold your arms straight out. Face the crowd. Straight out. There you go. This is today's troubles. Now, what did Jesus say? Sufficient unto the day. All right? Do you know that God promises? I don't know. Let's say, let's say a day represents 30 minutes. He could probably hold that there for 30 minutes. Uh, he's like, oh, yeah, man. All right, we're putting that to the test right now, man. So he's like, yeah, I could do it. Well, you know it's going to be shaken before too long. But the point of our Lord's teaching is that he will give you the grace. Whatever. Sometimes the day's troubles are huge. But my grace is sufficient for thee. But then he said, take no thought for tomorrow. Tomorrow has some troubles. They're on the horizon. But if Aaron decides, I want tomorrow's troubles, like some of you do, I'm worried about this, I'm worried about that, well, what am I, how are my kids going to pay for college, blah, blah, blah. The Lord doesn't promise to give you grace for tomorrow's troubles if you're carrying them today. He also didn't promise to give you grace for yesterday's troubles that are in the, in the rearview mirror. You know what that's called? That's called water under the bridge. Forgetting those things which are behind. So if he's worried about yesterday, how you doing there, buddy? Hey, keep those arms straight, man. Keep them straight. Come on, come on. <laughs> if he's worried about yesterday and tomorrow and today, there's no promise of deliverance. Now, Aaron, here's the thing. I'm done with you in this illustration, but you have to stay there for 30 minutes because you said. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you. <laughs> He's very hanging on. Uh, but, Pastor, it's my personality. It's who I am. I'm just always fixing troubles and, and wanting to fix people and helping people and at every activity and looking forward to the next one. And I just go, go, go. I go, go, go. Okay, but for who are you doing this? Who are you so overly heavy-hearted for? Because I can tell you right now that God can run the world without you. You go, 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 going, going until you're gone. Do you know the world's still going to go on without you? You're going and going with billions of people who are also overcharged of heart. If you look around, the world's falling apart now. And what God needs, what God wants from you is to make sure that you heed this warning and don't get sidelined. You know, Rick used to leave his nice guitar at home when he went off to college. And he would, before he left, he would take and loosen the strings on the guitar because you can't keep them tight all the time. 
constant tension, ruin the strings and possibly the guitar itself. It's true for a bow and arrow. You'll ruin it if you store it with the strings always taut. And beloved, that's what the cares and the troubles of this life will do to your inner spirit. I'm not saying you won't be able to function and keep going, but your inner spirit will continue to be overcharged, and one day you'll be that person who's out there instead of in here, burned out, bitter, blaming others. Years ago, I was speaking over in Tampa, and a young preacher came to me, and he was talking about his ministry and stuff, and it was clear to me he was never with his family. He was always at the grind. And he was going to save the world, just like I wanted to save America when I was young. And so not a lot of prayer. You could tell just the way he was talking. And he said, you know, Jim, and I said, you know, you might want to slow. He says, the devil never takes a vacation. And I said, well, is that your motto, WWDD? What does the devil do? (laughs) You want to model our life? The devil never takes a vacation, so you're not supposed to? And that young preacher, he's not young anymore. And he's not a preacher anymore. He pretty much just questions God's care for him. He wallows in self-pity, and he constantly is finding fault to this day with other people. And I know why. His heart was overcharged with the cares of this life. Pastor, what are you telling me? Are you telling me that I should chill? That I should go on more vacations? Yes, unless you're on staff here. No. You're telling me I should be carefree, just ee, Pollyanna, laid back. I remember little Lucy, she was carefree, happiest girl ever, sang all the time. Her neighbor was a, was a uptight grouch, though, old man. He had a cat that was as mean as he was. One day, the old grouch was looking over his fence, and Lucy was digging a hole, but singing, happy, singing, digging a hole. He said, what's the hole for? She said, well... My goldfish died, and I'm going to bury him. And he just kind of laughed at her, and he said, well, that's a really big hole for a goldfish. She said, the hole's only big because the goldfish is inside of your cat. <laughs> Whistle while you work carefree. And I'm going to tell you something. Hey, you know what? She'll live longer than an old grouch, I guarantee you. I don't know if you need to chill. I don't know if you need to take more time off or be more carefree. Or hold your coffee like this while you watch Hallmark. (laughs) I do know that all of us, all of us, get our priorities completely, entirely out of whack. I know that all of us, that the cares of this world will overcharge your heart. You know, the Lord sends challenges into our lives, but he never sends cares. That's on you. In this chapter here, we find that there's an answer to all of it. And it's where Jesus says, pray therefore. Watch ye therefore, in verse 36, and pray. How about that? How about instead of running around to all these activities constantly and letting people pull you here and there when you know it's overcharged, And thinking about yesterday's troubles and tomorrow's troubles on top of today's troubles. Watch ye therefore. What does that mean to watch? It means you just get away. It's what Jesus does in verse 37. You get away. You get alone. You think. 
calm down, and you pray to the God who loves you. Our heads are bowed, please, and our eyes are closed with no one moving. I mentioned this morning that I wanted people to come tonight because it was counsel from Jesus. It was wise counsel from our Lord Jesus that we would all need. I need it. I don't always heed it, that's for sure. In fact, that's my personality, not to. To go, go, go. If God in the flesh sent the multitude away, if God in the flesh, Jesus himself, departed into a desert place alone, if the Lord Jesus himself did not heal every single person in that land, just go around and say, I, got, I only have three and a half years, I got to go, 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 got to heal everybody. If the Lord Jesus understood that his heart could be overcharged, shouldn't we heed this warning? Shouldn't we? I mean, we could fill this church up three times with people who allowed the cares of this world to burden them down and not listen to what Jesus said, not watch and pray. Pastor, I'm here tonight, and I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, but I needed this message, and God has spoken to my heart. Who would say that with uplifted hands? Would you raise your hand? God bless you, and God bless you. Watch you therefore and pray. And then, of course, it also says, and Jesus taught them. Scripture and prayer, that's the priority. I can tell you right now, how do I know if I'm too busy? All right, just think for a moment. How much time last week was spent in prayer and hearing God through the Scriptures? So while I came to church Sunday morning, did you drag in, tired because of late Saturday night? And no. Watch, therefore, and pray. Father, bless now the invitation. We commit it to your hands if there's someone here tonight who's not saved. We pray that the Holy Spirit has convicts them, their heart, their need of salvation. They will use this time to look to Jesus. But all of us, Father, I pray, we will recognize that you have given us your warnings and your word not to fill up a space, not to give more verses to a chapter, but to truly warn us that we truly would take heed lest our hearts be overcharged with things that do not matter. Bless these who have asked for prayer, please, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. On behalf of everyone at Beacon Baptist Church, we thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that your heart and life has been impacted through the biblical truths of this message. If you have questions or would like more information, please contact us through our website at beaconbaptistchurch.com. Org. That's Beacon Baptist Church.org. May the Lord bless you.